Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Bookshelf is pleased to welcome Canadian author Mary Swan to town for a reading to coincide with the release of her forthcoming book, My Ghost. One programming note, the date has been changed to September 10th at 7.30 p.m. in the E-Bar. And in the Bookshelf Cinema this week, you can see Much Ado About Nothing, The Manor, Blue Jasmine, Barbarian Sound Studio, and more. The Bookshelf is located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more info. Creative Control with Beesh Comic. Hey, hello. How's it going? I, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing great. Thanks again for all the amazing feedback about last week's episode with Steve Albini talking about Nirvana's in utero. Uh, Steve was awesome, and I, I've never seen a response like that on this show so far. So it's cool. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. It made me feel good about myself somehow. I don't know if I was feeling bad, but now I'm feeling good. Another guy who could probably make me feel pretty good about myself. John Worcester of Superchunk is on the program to talk about their new album, uh, what's going on with Laura Balance, uh, who, uh, a member of the band who can't uh, really play with them anymore. She's got a hearing issue. And uh, anyway, we'll talk, you'll see. John Worcester and I talking about Superchunk and a whole bunch of other stuff starting now. Close to 20 years now, Joel Plaskett has been writing music that's smart enough to keep you listening to songs with meaning waiting to be discovered, while also rocking you into enough of a frenzy, ah, you just want to make a little noise. Halifax's favorite son returns to Guelph after a triumphant headlining set at the 2012 Hillside Festival, and he's coming back with his awesome band. Yes, the Joel Plaskett Emergency play the River Run Center on Friday, September 13th as part of the 25th annual Eden Mills Writers Festival. They'll be joined by the fantabulous Jim Guthrie and also Bedini Band, whose Dave Bedini will be doing a reading from his new book, Keon and Me, My Search for the Lost Soul of the Leafs. For tickets and more info about this accessible all-ages concert, please visit the River Run Center box office, riverrun.ca, and edenmillswritersfestival.ca.
John Worcester is one of the best drummers in rock music, and he's proven this to be true by filling that role for people like Bob Mould, Rocket from the Crypt, R.E.M., A.C. Newman, Katy Perry, and many more. He's also a comedic writer and performer, often appearing on The Best Show on WFMU with Tom Sharpling, and he's been featured in music videos and commercials that you might very well have seen. Aside from his relatively recent post in a great band called The Mountain Goats, Worcester is likely best known for playing in Superchunk from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. There is no band like Superchunk. They are a kinetic power pop force that have been inspiring people with their work for close to 25 years. The band's 10th studio album is a mighty one called I Hate Music. It was released on August 20th via Merge Records. And here now to maybe discuss it further is John Worcester. Uh, Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm all right. I'm a little. Uh, I, I kind of had a sleepless night. I think because of Breaking Bad. I don't know if if you've experienced this show or this phenomenon, but it's very intense and it's it's right before bed. Do you know what I'm talking about? Should we cancel the interview? <laughs> no, no. I'm up. I'm up to snuff. I'm just a little. I'm just being honest with you. That's the whole point. Uh, of, all right. Well, I'm still in bed. Are you really? Are you still? You, you I'm have... literally. I'm literally in bed. Oh wow! That's in my under in my underwear. But this is getting hotter and hotter. How how uh, right? How, how did you sleep? Uh, very well, which is <laughs> kind of rare. I usually get up super early, is but it... it's 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 noon. It's noon here, and I I knew you were calling, so I just you know I I just wanted to. Uh, Kind of get a, a a chill vibe happening. Yeah, yeah. You normally you're up doing yoga and stuff, aren't you? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. Yes. So sleeping in, what would have caused you to sleep in? Was it Breaking Bad? Um, I, this is my last day off for until <laughs> probably December. So I wanted to just not do anything today. Okay, that's that's totally reasonable. Yes. That's totally reasonable because you're you got the super chunk stuff. What else is going on? Uh, got that. That's going to be pretty intense. And then um, um, a couple more shows with Bob Mould, and then more Super Chunk, and then Bob Mould in South America, and then uh, some more Super Chunk, and then Bob Mould record, and then Mountain Goats record, and then Super Chunk Australia and Europe. And that takes me to around mid December. Geez, that's all just before December? That's crazy. Yes. So this is my last day off. So I'm spending it with you. <laughs> well, I, Part pre- of it. I appreciate that very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, that's that's great yeah. to hear. Well, so you're dodging my Breaking Bad stuff. You don't want to talk about Breaking Bad. You do not follow the show. Uh, I I watched the first three episodes of the first season, and it was just a little too violent for me. I didn't like it. Is that right? You're not a uh, yeah. You, so what what is like a show that you would? Like a dramatic show that you would watch, not maybe a comedy, but what's a show that you would like? Um, I loved The Wire. Uh, what else? Um, the Wire. The Wire. I, for for what it's worth, The Wire is not. It's it's a fairly violent show as well. I don't remember there being like chopping up bodies and stuff, and I don't know. I just I just uh, for whatever reason, Breaking Bad d- didn't hit me. The the days I was watching it, I'm sure I'll come back to it. You know, this has become a recurring theme on the this, this show. I, I've been forcing guests to talk about a show that they don't watch. And I don't know why. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm kind of wrapped up in it. I, I've never seen, uh, I, I've watched just the first three episodes of that. I've never seen Downton Abbey. I've never seen, um, I didn't love Arrested Development. You did Same thing. I saw, the fir- I saw the first three episodes when it, when it came out, didn't grab me, and I never went back. 
Same with the American office. Right. Huh. Interesting. But the, the arrest development, yeah. I mean, I think everyone will agree, is, is, a, is a great comedic institution now. People love that show. You don't care. And you like comedy. We talked about that, or I mm-hmm. talked about that in the intro. You, what is stopping you from maybe revisiting it? Once you've made up your mind, you won't go back? Um, I'm sure I will. I, I, um, I don't know. It, it just uh, it felt like it was trying a little too hard hmm. Hmm. for me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That, the, that was my immediate gut reaction to it. Well, what is a comedy, uh, a television comedy that, uh, that seems more effortless? What is something that's grabbed you? Recently, of... I liked, um, looking at my DVDs here, I liked um, Veep a lot. Hmm. Lo- I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I loved 30 Rock. Those are, those are probably the two favorites. I loved, um, I loved the, the, the British Office. I loved Extras. Um, I didn't really love, um, what was the one about the, the, um, little person who was the actor? Oh, uh, uh, the, the, right. Uh, it's called, uh, Life is Short. Life is Short, I think it's called. Yes. Right. I thought it had moments I, I didn't, I didn't love it. Uh, I love, uh, this isn't new by any means, but Alan Partridge. Uh-huh. Um, I loved, I loved Mr. Show. Um... I like Breaking Bad. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a second. You, you like Breaking. Mm-hmm. You like the show Breaking Bad. No, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. No. Um, Eastbound and Down. <laughs> okay. Why? Why? The I ha- always think Breaking Bad is a baseball reference. I really do. Oh. Oh, interesting. Because like of, a what? Wait like a how second. a pitch breaks. Oh. Okay. But then. Yeah. Oh, and then you got to confuse with a show that is actually about baseball, Eastbound and Down. Yes. I see. Exactly. Okay. I thought. All right. That's fair. What about like the Larry Sanders show? Did you like the Larry Sanders show? Loved it. I love that. That's my favorite show of all time. I think my favorite like comedy show. I like Curb, obviously, and some of the other things you mentioned. But I, I, I Larry Sanders show to me is still. I don't think anything's really touched it. No, it's great. Yeah. Hank, I loved Hank, and it's funny. Uh, several of the people that we've mentioned. And the shows I did love are in Arrested Development, right? So I should give it—I should give it another chance. I think you should. I mean, I—I I will say that the newest season, like the comeback season or whatever it is, uh, the first mm-hmm. four or five episodes, because they unleashed them all at the same time, right? So you kind of had to sort of gorge watch. Well, you were kind of, maybe you weren't even encouraged was, to watch it, but you know what I mean. You were no, I knew it was going to be an uh, an unleashing and then a gorging. So I didn't want to have anything to do with that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, if you're killing time on the road, because you're going to be on the road a lot, a lot, it sounds like, and you want to watch it, I'm telling you, the first five, six episodes, bit slow. But there's a stride it hits eventually, and it becomes genius. I really, I actually really ended up loving the final, the, the most recent season. But, I mean, you didn't okay. even watch, you didn't watch the other ones, so I don't know. I think you should really give it another chance. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what to do, John, but I'm telling you, it's a good show. Anyway... The name of your your band's new album is I Hate Music, and uh, mm-hmm. this seems like a counterintuitive marketing strategy for a band who makes music. Do you know what I mean? Do you guys not watch Mad Men? What about Mad Men? I, I loved it. I watched all of it. Okay, so Mad Men you like, and they, they talk a lot about yep. marketing and promoting things. What is I Hate mm-hmm. Music? Why, why is the record called I Hate Music? Well, it's funny. There was, there was much discussion about that. Um, we we were having a hard time coming up with a title, and then that was one of them. And I really didn't like it because my immediate uh, 
association with that title is a song on the first Replacements album called I Hate Music. And I thought people were just going to be always asking about that. And so I was there, I was kind of hemming and hawing about the title. And then I realized that it's in the first, it's the first line in the first single of our new record called you, uh, Me and You and Jackie Matu. And for some reason, I didn't catch that the first a, a thousand times I heard the song. Oh. And so then it, it made sense to that it was an acceptable title in in my eyes. So okay, so that that's that's the uh, that's the reason. Now there's a sense uh, that some of the songs here are coming from a place of uh, frustration, and that some of it is kind of based in the grind of being, I think, in the grind of being in a band, and maybe some music biz stuff. I mean, there's a song called "Foh," which is which is the term uh, "front of house," which uh, people who have been on stages. And, 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 you know, worked in clubs or whatever, they'll know that expression. Maybe other people wouldn't, but I'm just explaining it now. Front of house is, well, John, do you want to explain what front of house means? Front of house is uh, basically where the sound engineer mixes the sound of the band. Right. right. So that's called front of the, the front of the house. Front of the house, that's right. So anyway, there's some kind of inside stuff, I think, that that's coming out through this record. What's your take on... Some of the like some of the things that are being discussed on this record. Well, you, you know, it, it's uh, I didn't write any of the lyrics, so it, it's you know it's it's hard to answer some of those. What are the songs about? Questions. Of so course, I, of I honestly I honestly do not know what that that particular song is is uh, about, but it does reference our front of house sound man Matthew Matthew Barnhart who also does uh, sound for Bob Mould and many other bands. Um, so I like to think it's just about Matthew. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's a, this whole record is expressing some frustration with your sound man, Matthew? No, it's in praise of Matthew. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I realize that you can't speak to some of the lyric questions because you didn't write them, but at the same time, I thought you... you're. If, at the, at the same time, you're closer to these songs than I am. You know, I'm just listening to them, and I thought you might right. have a, you might have an opinion. Or, or it sounds like you had a discussion about the title. I thought maybe you mm-hmm. may, you may have discussions about the lyrics too. Oh no, I would never discuss lyrics with with uh, with the writer. It's it's very personal. Really interesting. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. No, like I, I don't think I would ever ask Bob Mould, "What's this one about?" You know, or or, or Mac, even you know uh, John uh, John Darnell, the Mountain Goats is 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 uh, a little more open about discussing his lyrics. When we're working on a record, he'll 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 discuss what it's about. He's he he's very open about that. But I I don't know. I think I think lyrics are very personal, and most of the lyricists I know will want the listener to interpret them in the way they want to interpret them. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, no, I do, I do. And I, 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 okay, from your perspective, as a, you're, you're, you mentioned earlier that you yourself just recognized what one of the lyrics in one of your own songs. I didn't even, I didn't know it was our 10th album until you said that. I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you you seem to maintain a distance from your from your band Superchunk is that because you, you mentioned earlier you got a lot of things on on the go uh, but do you feel yeah. do you feel like your role in the band is to show up play drums and that's it 
sometimes judging by the press, I would say that, yes. Now, what, does but, that, um, what does that mean? Um, I'm rarely mentioned in reviews of the records. I've, I've, I've noticed lately. <laughs> but, uh, um, um, because I'm, I'm d- doing other things all the time, it, it isn't something I really um, am involved in the super nuts and bolts with, mm-hmm. with Super Shock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I'll, co- I'll usually come in and we'll record and then, and then we'll, you know, we'll approve mixes and do all that stuff and, and take pictures. And, but we're not really together all that much. You're Which actually like, helps ha- helps a band stay alive, I, I, I think. Hmm. Yeah, but, but your role in the band has probably evolved, right? I mean, at, at some point, this band was, I assume, just based on how busy you guys were when you were really going, this mm-hmm. was probably your f- mm-hmm. focal concern, like your your main concern. Oh yeah. And then at some point, as things slowed down, you started doing other stuff, and then that became a priority and then super chunk became less of a mm-hmm. priority right i mean that's that's just that's it in yeah i think it's that it's, i think it's that way for for all of us and that's what that's what makes it so much fun at this point because it's it's not it's not the main thing in anyone's life um and so it, it's fun to come back to it right and and have it have it be real intense for short bursts and then have it have it not be there for for quite a while and and it makes it more exciting for people who are into the band you know it's not it's not like you're just a constant presence where i feel like that's what we were back when we were really doing it hardcore mm-hmm. right and and so this this you you lead a, a more dynamic life and as does the band yeah well i don't i know you've, you've already said like you can't speak to some of the lyrical content but there's actually some canadian content with the song which has a new mm-hmm. video, me and you and Jackie Matu. Do you know about this? Mm-hmm. Jackie Matu no. was, let me explain this to you and maybe anyone else who doesn't know. Jackie Matu is a, a Jamaican reggae artist, and he actually lived in Toronto for most of his life. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he lived in Toronto for most of his life until his death in, uh, I believe it was 1990. And he actually co-wrote the song Armageddon Time, which was made famous by The Clash. Oh! Yeah. Yes, I didn't know that either. See, these these are things... One of the reasons I wanted to call you was to uh, drop knowledge on you. I like it. Yeah. I like to learn. I want to learn. So at any point, we've already established that the, the, the title of the album comes from this song. It's in the first line of this song, Me and You and Jackie Matu. My understanding is that the song itself is kind of about bonding over records. Is that, do you have yeah. any insight? You, you do have insight there. That's what it sounds like to me, yes. Oh, okay, all right. And, and But do you have any insight as to why Jackie Matu may have struck uh, Mac as someone to sing about and, and actually include in the title of a song? I really don't. I honestly don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> That's fine. Do you, and you didn't know much about him until I explained it, so there's no point in even following this thread, I don't think, John. I, I feel like Jackie Matu is a, a mysterious figure to you as well. Mm-hmm. All right, that's fair. All right, that's fine. Laura, Laura's hearing condition. Mm-hmm. This is a bad situation. Can you explain to people what is going on with Laura Balance, the the long term, the, the co founder of Superchunk, the bass player in Superchunk, is not going on tour with you 
Uh, can you maybe talk about that a bit? Yeah, she, her uh, hearing has suffered quite a bit from playing live, and um, it just just she just wants to protect her hearing and doesn't want to play live anymore to do any more damage to it. So what does that actually ultimately mean for how the band works? As you mentioned, it's a it's, you get together sporadically to do this stuff, but she is able to record, but she's just not able to tour? Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. She just somehow it's it's containable as a as a recording artist. Yeah, yeah, and you know, she she uh co-runs Merge, which is probably more than a full-time job at this point. So I'm sure it leaves her a lot more time to do that. And uh, Jason Narducci, who I played with uh, with the Robert Pollard band back in the mid-2000s, and I currently play with in um, the Bob Mould band, is going to play bass live. Oh, and have you guys not played a show yet? We played one show in Calgary uh, maybe a month and a half ago. And then we're going to play, um, we're going to start this week playing shows. Right. You guys were, man, this is so weird. There's so many recurring threads on this on this show, uh, because I've spoken to a number of people now about the flooding in Calgary, and you were there as well. Like, I totally blanked on that. Superchunk was playing the Sled Island Festival when the flooding occurred in Calgary. Uh, what was your experience like? Did you, did you experience the flooding, or were you out of town by then? Um... Our show was initially supposed to be at some small club, and then we sound checked, and then maybe a couple hours later, we got word that the club was probably going to be flooded. So we were moving the show to a Calgary Flames-themed sports bar. Um, So we did that and played the show that night, while the flooding was starting and played the show, and then we had to get up super early the next day to fly home, uh, power was out all downtown. There wasn't a lot of flooding that I could see, actually, downtown. But on the way to the airport, it became apparent how how bad the flooding was. We drove by the zoo, and the zoo, I think they were starting to maybe evacuate animals and mm-hmm. It was hardcore, but somehow our flights were not affected. Hmm. But um, it was crazy. that I'd never seen water that high in a massive river. Right. You know, I've, I've, I've seen big creeks that were flooding, but never anything uh, that huge. Yeah, that's got to be completely unnerving. Have you ever, in Superchunk, faced sort of uh, weather conflicts before? Has, has it ever been a factor in, in, in your tours or your shows? Gosh, nothing like that. We we just missed the Japanese earthquake and tsunami by maybe just a few weeks, I think, back oh. back then. Um, but I don't think anything quite like that. No. That's that's well, you're lucky, man. That's it's it's really had a tremendous. Uh, I mean, obviously, it shut down this music festival. The whole city is still recovering, and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm well, I'm glad you guys are okay, and I mean, for what it's worth, you got to play your show, and uh, mm-hmm. so that that's good. So you played that. That's your first time playing live with uh, Jason. So that's kind of yes. that's kind of interesting. What is the dynamic in the band like without Laura and and with Jason? Well, it's interesting because um, I'm so much more used to seeing Jason on stage to my right than Laura at this point. So, um. 
for me, it's, it's not unusual at all. But I'm sure for Mac and, and Jim it really is. And, and, of course, it is for me in, in the sense that I'm playing these songs that I've played with Laura for 20 years, and now someone else is, is, is there playing. You know, so that, that part is, is um, unusual for me. But um, musically, I think it's great. You know, I think it's 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 um, it's really great, and I, I don't have any. I don't think any of us have any worries about that end of it at, at all. I know it's going to be weird for people who have followed the band forever to see it from out front, but you know, that's just that's how it is. Yeah. Was there when when Laura informed you guys of this uh, situation with her health? Mm-hmm. Was there was there pause to be like, well, I think that's it. Like was there was there even a, a consideration of that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, pro- probably probably more on my end than the other guys. I just uh, um, I don't know. I, I I like seeing the four people you like to see. You know, you know what I mean. But 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 that doesn't that doesn't mean that it has to be the end of the band. And once we figured out that it could be done and. Um, you know, that Jason was was going to do it, then it just made sense to 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 continue, and we wanted to, wanted to promote the record too because we thought we made a really good record, and didn't see why that would be um, the reason to stop doing it, right? You know, to stop promoting the record. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a, a different uh, it's it's a different thing, but it's not a different thing in, in a way because she's still in the band. So I, I don't know of I don't know of this situation occurring uh before I'm sure it has, where someone stays in the band but they don't actually play live. Yeah, I'm sure it anymore. happens more than we real I bet there's probably there's probably been like a early on, I mean when he was actually in the band, I bet Brian Wilson didn't play every show the Beach Boys played. Right. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Even mm-hmm. though he was like really obviously key in making everything which is kind of odd it's a uh, and you know of course we all know that laura balance is kind of the brian wilson of super chunk right that's right <laughs> <laughs> so okay well that's that's i guess i gotta say as a fan that's heartening to hear that uh that you are continuing on and that uh, it seems to be working out and and laura is there? I don't know enough about her condition, and you and I we're not doctors. I don't think. Are you a doctor? You're not a doctor. No, of any kind, right? Is there any sense that her situation could improve to the point where she could re- resume uh, playing again, or is it just something that it's completely unknown at this point? Um, I, you know, I really have no idea. Um, I can't imagine my my hearing is, is any better than hers at this point, you know, I mean, my ears are constantly ringing too. So, um, um, I don't know. Okay. I think for me, I just, I just always, but always took it as it was the price of being in a band. Yeah. 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 I mean, sometimes I've, I've, but this is like more, this is more serious than simple hearing loss. What Laura's going through, like it's actual pain. It's actual like discomfort Mm -hmm. on a regular basis when, she faces amplified noise. So it's not just like her saying, sorry, pardon, a lot. It's actually, she's like, she's actually, from what I've read, uh, she's actually in, in some discomfort. Yeah. yeah. So that's not good. 
You, I do want to ask you because you you mentioned that you, the band feels really strongly uh, about this record. Uh, what is your general impression, you personally, of of the record? Because, as I said earlier, it has this bit of tension within it, and I think some of the songs are quite aggressive. It's a it's a pretty dynamic record, but it is for the most part a fairly you know upbeat kind of powerful record. Uh, what's your mm-hmm. take? What's your take on it? Well, I think um, what what I know about the about the lyrics and Max um you know the uh the impetus for the songs is um is um the loss of of a a good friend of the band David uh David Dornberg is his name and he was uh he was one of our first t-shirt um sellers in the early 90s and he he just was always just a good friend and uh he he went on to become a good uh, a successful set designer for um movies and things. And so he he passed on um gosh, a year and a half ago, I think. And uh so so that that kind of informs a lot of the songs and that accounts for maybe the the darker side of 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 the album. Okay. Uh but musically, it's you know, that's it's kind of what we're we're best at. The the Melodic, yet raging, cacophonous rock. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 fairly true. Is there? Uh, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your friend. I hadn't heard that uh, story mm-hmm. before, and uh, I can see. I'm sure that when I revisit the record, I, I will be able to see how that may have informed things more um, than I've already recognized. But. Is there a sense that this record is related in any way to your to your last record, Majesty Shredding? I know that uh, in the sort of press material, there's a suggestion that there, it's kind of like a twin. But is that literal? Like, was it made around the same time or anything like that? No, but I, I feel that way too. It's uh, it was done at the same studio, and it was done with uh, the same people involved, engineer and producer and uh actually we had another guy uh Bo Sorensen who uh worked on the Bob Mold record that Jason and I did with Bob uh called Silver Age so he came in and and, and did a few songs also um so it was it was done under the same circumstances the same way we did the last record where we um we would grab periods where I was available to come in and and record and so it wasn't all done in one shot like all of our all of our other records pre uh majesty shredding were done where you you do them all in one shot and mix them all in one shot so this was um the this was done more more piecemeal okay um yeah and i but i i think i think sonically and and performance wise these last two are our best records um just because we had more time to do them and we had uh, a guy scott salter who pr- produced all of majesty shredding and most of of the new one um he would ride us a little more than previous producers in in getting getting the best takes we could do and i think i think that shows many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So you... you you basically were put to okay that's interesting in previous outings it was kind of sort of like yeah that was fine and this one you had someone kind of cracking the whip yeah yeah which i i kind of always hoped we would have but we just never never did just because there you know back in the all throughout those first eight eight records i guess you know you, you would you didn't have any money so you were just trying to do them as fast as you could and it was always just a race to get them done and there, there's a record in particular, uh, um, "Come Pick Me Up," which I, I think is one of our best records in terms of songs that just just got lost in, in, in the the race to get it done. Huh. I, I would love to to hear a remix of of that record, but um, you know, uh, but now we were able to spend more time on on the records and, and get better performances, and I, I think that leads to a, a much better record. So when you say that Majesty Shredding and I Hate Music are the band's two best albums, you're not just talking that way because they're the most recent. You're saying that throughout the discography, like if you look back on the entire discography that you've been involved with in particular, mm-hmm. these two stick out as your favorite records? Um, my favorites as whole albums. Um, there are songs on all the other records that I think are are just as good as what as what's on on this record but i i think these last two hang together best as full full uh albums okay but um you know th- those other records foolish and on the mouth and um indoor living and they all have great moments i think you know and they they all they all have their own their own thing going on yeah no i mean those and are I, those are i mean i think just because of the t- fact that time has passed they to people like me are classic records and we're still we're just getting to we're just only starting to live with the most recent stuff so i don't i feel like sometimes you discount the most recent stuff in a way because i don't know that's just the way people are with bands they love right these these two records are where i i I think i always hoped we would we would end up back then you know like I, i i would um just in terms of of, of cohesiveness and the, the way we played together and, and and the takes and and the entire package this is how i, I always ho- i always hoped we would sound all right well that's cool i'm glad i'm glad that happened i'm glad you got what you wanted thank you <laughs> uh, for Dave, once yeah just no. for <laughs> once just for once i i am astonished you earlier you mentioned that people aren't mentioning you in in sort of write-ups of the record and and i don't know what I I I was being I'm being very sincere as someone who has played drums and and tried to follow uh, the lead of people like you. I mean, you're my goodness, you're a great drummer. You know this, right? You're a great great drummer. Thank you. People should be talking about you more. And I mean, 
when you look at the, if I can call it a resume, I mean, who did I mention mm-hmm. at the top? I mentioned people you've played with. I mentioned Rocket from the Crypt, Bob Mould, mm-hmm. R.E.M., A.C. Newman, Katy Perry. I mean, Katy Perry doesn't work with just anybody, right? She's like a pop star. I don't think she knew she was working with me that day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what was the nature of your collaboration with Katy Perry again? I feel like I um, it, it, it was it was it was very minor, and I, I think it's funny that it's become part of part of my resume. But uh, um, this was 2009. I got a call from a friend of mine, Phil, uh, who who's a record producer. He did um, he's done new pornographers and um, Ted Leo and Nico Case records, and um, he he said um, the the partner in my studio is uh, I was living in Brooklyn at the time. Uh, he, he said that the partner at my studio here in Brooklyn. Um, Needs to put together a little drum section to play to play with Katy Perry at the MTV Video Music Awards on on Sunday. This was a Thursday, I think, and and uh, I said I have to do it just to say I did it. And so I said okay. And so we, I, I call the guy and he tells me where to be in the city uh, the the next day. And so basically the the. What this was was Katy Perry was going to open the, the the VMAs doing "We Will Rock You" by Queen, and it was going to be just like a, a drummer on a drum set and and four guys playing either timpani or bass drums, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so I get to the rehearsal place and and it's just the, the uh, this drummer guy who's going to be the band leader and and he says pick pick we're going to play and I pick this big bass drum and. Um, and she's there, and she was super nice. And uh, she goes, you look familiar. And, and I said, I've been around. And that was kind of the end of, <laughs> the end of our conversation. <laughs> she was nice, but there, there was nowhere to go from there. But, but uh, So all the while, this, guy, this young guy is playing the solo, you know, that, that iconic guitar solo uh-huh. in the song. And he was great. He totally learned it and nailed it. And then we... Um, we rehearsed the next day at Radio City, and all the while there there are these rumblings that they're they're trying to get a name guitar player to 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 play the solo, whether it be Slash or Dave Navarro or whoever. And um, and then at the, by the end of the day, it's it's arrived upon that Joe Perry is going to do it from Aerosmith. Okay. So the next the next morning, the, the Sunday morning, the day of the show, we get there and we go to the rehearsal place, and Joe Perry shows up, and he's 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 going to play the solo, and uh, Katie was there also, and uh, and <laughs> he plugs in, and it, it's it's apparent immediately that although he's heard this solo a million times, he's never learned it, <laughs> like like any of it, and so so as the day progresses. You know he's doing his thing, which is great, which is Joe Perry, but it's not the solo, and everyone's getting a little worried. And then now it's time for the the dress rehearsal at Radio City, and same thing. And um, every, everyone's worried now because he he's playing too long, too the solo's too long. And I think it was the night that she and Russell Brand met because he was the host. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think that was the night they met, maybe, and um, and so there's a big, um, big discussion about how we're going to end the song so that everyone knows the song is over. <laughs> and so, uh, 
the guy who was who was the band leader goes, I'm going to do the biggest drum roll you've ever heard before the ending of the song. So after you hear this drum solo, it's four bars, and then that's it. And everyone knows it, including Joe, and the show's going on, and we're playing, and, and the drum roll comes in, and we stop, and then Joe doesn't stop, and then and then it just kind of ended like a replacement song or like a like a Stone song back when they were just everyone would just kind of stop, you know, it would kind of peter out. So that's kind of how it ended. Wow. And uh, I've never watched it, I don't think, but uh, that was my experience with Katie and Joe Perry. Wow, I got and that's weird. Did, yeah. they, did they get Joe Perry just because he had the same last name? What the? That's because I I feel like well Brock, I think. He, I, I think he's also a guy that you would instantly recognize. You know what I mean? I think I think I think it's that as much as anything. You know, like oh, that's the guy from Aerosmith. Yeah, but doesn't Brian? I know this. You you can't know this, but doesn't I guess he probably just wasn't available. Doesn't Brian May just normally show up? Like I feel like Brian May played the VMAs with Lady Gaga, and it wasn't a Queen, or maybe it was a Queen song. Anyway, I, uh, I don't I don't know. They they did give permission to use the samples of of those stomps. Oh okay. And, yeah, and and the claps. So. They they did sign off on that. So who knows? He might have. I mean, he has a whole other thing as as a. Uh, he does something really interesting, Brian May. Like he had a book out recently of of. Uh, he's he's a, a like I think a big authority on 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 um, photo- the the very first kind of photography there ever was. Huh. Um, yeah. If you would look it up, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it, it was it was the, the these hand colored. Photographs from back back at the dawn of photography that he uh, he's a scholar of, I, I believe. Yeah, like I know he's like I'm pretty sure he's got a PhD in something, and I, I know he's like an academic kind of dude. But I, I didn't know that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, that's well, yeah. that's why he's not hanging out with Katy Perry and Russell Brand. I guess that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Or, is Joe yeah. Perry, is Joe yeah. Perry about like the biggest sort of established rock star that you've now come into contact <clears throat> with or collaborated with in some way? else um we, we did this thing a couple years ago in the bob mold band it was a, it was like a, a celebration of bob's music at the at the disney music hall in um la so it was a whole night of his stuff and and uh jason and i were the the backup band the bass and drums for for a rotating bunch of artists uh, among among whom were brit daniel uh margaret cho um, and Dave Roll played with us. He 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 played, I guess, five or six songs. It's available on DVD. And yeah, um, yeah. so so he's one of the bigger ones, I guess. He was great. He was super nice. We we switched at one point. He he played drums. And I I played guitar on a song. Um, who else? Um, you mentioned REM. I I played with Peter a, a bunch over the years, and uh, Mike Mills, and um, I played on a. A something that I guess is I think is coming out at some point soon. Uh, every year they they put a fan club single together of just like uh, uh, fun covers or something. And I got I got to play drums on one of those one one year back in maybe two thousand and four or something. Sorry, who does that? Uh, um, REM. Oh, oh, REM. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, yes. REM. Yes. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. The Dave Grohl thing interests me just because I'm on a slight Nirvana kick. I I recently spoke to Chris Novoselic and uh, Steve Albini because there's the new In Utero uh, set that's mm, coming mm-hmm. out. Steve was actually the most recent guest on the show, and we had a really nice talk. And uh, okay. yeah, I I'm, I'm I've never spoken to Dave, and I I was hoping to speak to Dave about this. So 
I don't know if you can hook me up uh, at all based on that one interaction you had with him, but I maybe I would love to speak with Dave Grohl about in utero because I've talked to everybody else. It'd be great to talk to him just to get his insight. We did our record Foolish um, at the same studio that In Utero was uh, tracked at in um, the wilds of Minnesota. And I remember um, it must have just been not too long after they, they did that record there because there was, there was a, uh, a, a trucker cap that was, that was there just on the console, a, a, burnt, a, a burnt trucker cap that I, I, I guess Kurt, Kurt had, had, had set fire to. So that's my uh, that's my memory of uh, of in utero. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's, memory. that's the Pachyderm Studio. That uh, yeah, it's got the Neve console that uh, ACDC's Back in Black was made on. That's correct. Yes, and and there was there was some fire. They were setting fire. Apparently, according to legend, they set fire to lots of different stuff. People's asses were set on fire. Uh, during the recording of In Utero. And I think if you listen closely to the remasters, you can actually uh, hear it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, great people, and uh, I guess Nirvana, there's a there's a sort of connection. David Yao of The Jesus Lizard was on this show uh, recently, and we discussed the fact that his band, The Jesus Lizard, had a song called Mistletoe featured in an American Express commercial, which also... Mm-hmm. Uh, included it stars the, these commercials star uh, Carrie Brownstein of Sleater Kinney in Portlandia and and another thing the commercials featured was you. That's correct. So what was the deal with that? How did you get? You you play like a record well, store clerk or something? Yes. Um, when you're as old as I am at this point, everything is connected to things that you wouldn't think you'd be connected to. Um. Um. <laughs> The director of that spot was my brother's roommate in college, and his name is Stacy Wall, and he's 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 a big shot uh, commercial producer uh, d- director now. But uh, back in the late '80s, he was my brother's roommate in college, and in 2000 and maybe 2000, he put me in a commercial um, for. UPS play, playing drums with Charlie Daniels. Oh wow! And Kyle Gass of all people, Kyle, Kyle Gass from Snatches D played bass. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know if it's online. It, it might be if you would search Charlie Daniels UPS commercial, it might show up. But I, I don't think I've ever ever seen it. But uh, so that was my connection to Stacy, the director. And then um, he just called one day and and or he emailed one day and just said, "I'm doing this American Express commercial. I'd love to have you be." The record store clerk in it. So um, I think I had one day off between Bob and something and flew up there to New York and we did it. And I've known her for years and it's always fun to hang out with her. And um, we shot a lot of stuff. We shot a lot of like improv dialogue stuff that unfortunately didn't make it in the spot. But um, so that's that, yes. Okay, that's it in a nutshell. There seems to be this creative kinship between sort of, you know, for lack of a better term, indie rock and comedy. And we've seen this. I've been monitoring the situation closely because I'm interested in kind of both both realms, yeah. and I've been seeing them kind of come together. Why do you suppose these two things are, are working so well together, to the point where people like yourself and Carrie, I think your profiles mm. are, are higher than they've ever been for your own work and as, as sort of comedic, mm. comedic performers almost. In fact, I would venture to guess... 
at some level, and particularly in Carrie's case, this comedic persona of hers, or or, or this co- comedic uh, vocation, I guess, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is actually raising her profile is higher than it's ever been. Like not counting Sleater Kinney and and Wild Flag. Oh and, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of remarkable. So why do you suppose this is happening? What, what is the connection between these two worlds? Well, to, to me, it goes back. You know, it goes back to the early '90s or the the mid '90s with. Mr. Show, especially that was the big. To me, that's the first the first connection of of, of these two worlds. Um, in that, I remember David Cross wearing Super Chunk or, or or Buffalo Tom shirts on episodes, and there was there's there was an episode that where Bob Odenkirk says he's. <laughs> I think he says he's. I'm having an affair with John Worcester in. Human resources, something like that, and then Lou Barlow is is mentioned in a in a sketch, and uh, Laura Balance is mentioned in a sketch. So that that was the first connection I I really remember. Huh. But but music and comedy have you know have mixed forever. There there's a there's a great um, Albert Brooks bit on one of his albums where he's talking about opening for Richie Havens and the. Uh, you know the uh, the problems a comedian encounters when he has to open for a rock band. Um, but it, it seems like, as you said, recently it's really exploded, and um, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with you know with the internet and pe- uh, people who who are now directors who grew up on indie rock and now they're they're doing videos for their favorite bands and you know they and they have a comedic sensibility and like scott jacobson uh who did uh he did our video for um the cat oh no he wasn't the cat video he he was the video for digging for something okay um he he was a writer on on the daily show and now he's a writer on um bob's burgers so he's, you know, he's he's a good a great example of of a director who comes from that world, you know, the the uh, the comedy TV world. Who's now branching out into videos. He's done a great one for the National, and he he just did one that I'm I'm in with Amy Mann uh, for a Jay Maskus song that hasn't come out yet, um, and things like that. And 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 Sharpling, Tom Sharpling is is a great example too. A guy who you know who comes from the TV world, among other uh, among other worlds, yeah. who is able to bring his his own unique, funny vision to rock videos. So I, I think it's a lot of people like that coming together now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, it's, people, it's funny that you mentioned Mr. Show as being a starting point because I this brings me back to the fact that I remember being really blown away that David Cross and Janine Garofalo were involved in the Super Chunk video for Watery Hands. Mm-hmm. And that, like that, to me, it was like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's those. I love those two, and then I already, yeah. I'd already loved you, your your band. I don't. I shouldn't say that I love you because that's awkward. Oh, that's okay. Okay, that's right. we're, we're okay. You're in bed that in your is. underwear, so I mean, I might as well just be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that video, that video was directed by uh, uh, one of my oldest friends, Phil Morrison, who directed the video of Super Chunk that just came out today called the the aforementioned Me and You and Jackie Matu. 
Um, and and he is a great example too, where he was a um, he did most of those. I'm a Mac. I'm a PC commercials. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, but years ago he did the uh, the watery hands video. Among other among other ones, I think he did Untied and he did uh, Driveway to Driveway along with Peyton Reed mm-hmm. and um, the first part. Okay, so the so okay, so your band in particular, and I don't know if it's because of you and your connection mm-hmm. to comedy, because on some level, I think of Superchunk as very clever and witty. I don't necessarily, I never really, well, I was going to say I don't never thought of the band as funny per se <laughs> until you yeah. kind of you know, broke broke out a bit more and, and started doing more stuff. But when I come to think of it, I mean, there is a lot of humor within Superchunk song titles and uh, and uh, and album titles and things like that. Well, it's, it's funny. Um, there are, uh, I would say almost every band on earth is funny, like in, in, in their, their own worlds. Like, no band I've ever played with has not has not been funny. Like when it's just the four or five people together. Like Jay Farrar, who, who I've played with over the years. Yeah. From the outside, he he would seem like this guy's probably not that funny, but he really is. Like once you get to know him, and once you you just interact with him on a a a, a one on one driving in the van kind of situation so i I think everybody has that they may not show it but it's definitely there where i've played with whoever like the new pornographers and they're all hilarious and john and peter and the mountain goats and bob mold bob bob mold from the outside you would not think is a funny guy but he really is (laughs) so maybe i think it's what people choose choose to show i think i think it's it's that more than anything i think i think most people who are involved in a band or in music in some way are really funny. Yeah, but you're right. They probably present themselves as kind of serious, and we just, it sort of, uh, it kind of disarms you when you discover that someone like Bob Mould, for example, might have a really great sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, that's cool. I, I, I can kind of see, I kind of have theories about why these worlds are not only colliding, but kind of, you know, well, they're colliding, and they're and they're coming together, and, and people are, you know, mingling and i can see i i kind of know why that is and i i just wanted your insight on it so so thank you for answering that question yes and and the the, the video that we did with for bob um for, for a song called star machine is a great example that that was directed by john um john glazer oh nice who ha- has that show delocated and that was one of those videos where it's like it's going to be directed by a great comedian a truly funny genius but it's for a bob mold song how is that going to how's that going to work because like we were talking about he he doesn't seem like he would be a super funny guy but it it all worked out you know it, it he proved himself to be really funny in the video bob and uh um it just shows how it those two worlds can come together for and have great results. Yeah, I mean, I've interviewed Bob. I read his uh, his memoir has moments of humor. I mean, it's mostly a mm-hmm. fa- fairly, uh, I'd say it's mostly a fairly serious memoir. Um, oh, yes. But, uh, no, I, I can totally see that. So, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I've seen the video you're referring to, so I'll, I'll check that out. So we kind of discussed earlier all the crazy plans you have 
for the until December. So I don't need to really ask you what's new per se. But it, I mean, on some level, is there beyond that? Are, is there news? Is there something you're working on in the realm of music or comedy that we should know about before I let you go? Um, just a lot of music stuff, and uh, you know, t- trying to do the the best show whenever I can, and and um. Tom and I are always hoping to do a, a live version of, of the best show. It's just it's just trying to figure out when we can do it and, and how and how to do it. Yeah. So um, th- those are the, the the big ones. I've been helping out on a Adult Swim show called Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell, which uh, I think six or so episodes have already aired, and they're going to do do a bunch more. So that's another thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. What about uh, the? Is it too late? Have you? Have you decided that it may not be worth doing like a, a podcast of your own, John? Don't you, th- don't you think there are enough podcasts out there? Well, already? I was gu- I was gonna <laughs> I, <laughs> mine <laughs> mine is relatively new, and I wrestle with that myself. There's a joke on uh, Inside Amy Schumer. Have you seen that show? Uh, I know of her work. I've never seen the actual show, though. There's a joke. Uh, there's a joke in the episode where she's basically as a character. Well, actually, I think she's sort of playing a version of herself, and she's basically wronged her employees. And to make up for it, um, uh, one of them keeps bugging her to be on his podcast. And at some point, <laughs> it, 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 it's, at some point, it comes to pass that she has to finally like make sort of a, a gesture to apologize for all her behavior, and she's like. And someone says, will you just be on all of our podcasts? And she's like, oh, how many of you have a podcast? And every hand in the room That's great. shoots <laughs> up. So I, I kind of, yeah, it's a weird, it's a highly populated world, but it seems to still be like, I don't know. I, I'm. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's kind of fun to have this outlet. And you're, you're a great guest. I just think that you, you, you might have a good uh, time doing a podcast. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, check it out. I gotta get. I gotta get one of those hundred dollar mics and GarageBand, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not even using either of those things. But yeah, you. you I'm sure. You, I'm sure you can get that stuff. That's not going to be an issue. I want to let people know that Super Chunk have a great new record out. It's their tenth studio album, which is news to John Worcester, as a matter of fact. That's right. It's called I Hate right. Music. It's out on Merge Records, and uh, it's out now. And you can learn more about it at MergeRecords.com. The band is uh, going on tour forever. I think uh, they have no. There are no Canadian dates, John, which is troubling. There will be. Don't worry. There will be. There Everyone will needs be. to stop complaining. Yes. Is it, do you find Canadians complain too much about uh, about your lack of attendance in Canada? It does seem like I feel like the last time you were here, you were opening for Broken Social Scene or something. Oh no, you were here in Calgary. What am I talking about? You were just in Calgary, so that's that's true. That's forget what I said. You're you're in Tor- you're in Toronto. Is that right? I'm in like Guelph. I'm I'm just outside of Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll get there. But I was just there recently with uh, Bob Mold, and so, I feel like I was there with someone else. Maybe not. I don't uh, know. Um, but uh, hmm. yeah. But um, I'm sure we'll get there. Okay. All right. That's all I need to hear. I don't mean to pressure you. Hold, what, hold your horses. <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. Uh, John, if we were to go to a song by Superchunk right now, what song would we go to? What would you like to hear from the new record? I love this short peppy number uh that we have been talking about all day long uh me and you and Jackie Matu okay let's 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 it's hear two, that i think it's 2 minutes long it's 2 minutes long yeah it's nice it's I a think. it's a nice length and also i should let people know also you're on the twitter i am yes john worster 
That's it. At Dr. Fart Machine. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It is at John Worcester. At John Worcester. So people can follow you on Twitter. All right. This is me and you and Jackie Matu by Super Chunk. John Worcester, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Vish. Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at cfru.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.